The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this episode of Mule Talk, we have returning guest Nathan Medcalf of Rockin' NT Ranch, located in Waddell, Arizona. What are you going to talk about today? Hey, I would like to talk in detail about what you refer to as the shutdown mule. To me, the shutdown mule is one that doesn't respond. It's kind of depressed, maybe. It's not getting... Well, yeah, I I mean... it, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a mental thing with mules. You know, a, shut, a shutdown mule behaves in one or two ways. Um, first way, the mule is really kind of in his own head. He's very robotic in his actions. You know, he looks like an act. You know, they've kind of lost their life in their eyes and and in their movements. Okay. And like the second type of mule is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, where they're just so full of anxiety and so full of tension that the slightest thing sets them off. So, and, and that, all of that came about because, you know, we, I get a lot of questions and recent, you know, probably over the last two years, more than normal amount of questions about mules and why they are behaving a certain way. And so that kind of led me down a rabbit hole to see, you know, if there's some sort of piece missing between the information that's being put out there and how it's getting presented to these mules and trying to bridge that gap. Because I I think, you know, with all of this training that we're doing and and things, um, I think we miss a lot of signs. And I think uh, with these mules in the process, and I think all this stuff that gets missed eventually just, they they just, they're like, you know, they, they start blocking us out and then, so that's kind of where all this is. Okay. Okay. Is there another term to, that people use besides the shutdown mule? Not that I have heard. Okay. Um, you know, I think even even in the horse world, um, I think the you know there's some guys that have started going down this road too, and, and they are they're referring to it the same way. On the horse's side, mm-hmm. a shutdown horse. Pretty is it, typical thing it, behaviors. It is. Okay. Years ago, there was a a popular statement with performance horses, and it was, you can fry a horse once, meaning you can push that animal to his limit where he explodes. And then, you you know, you go back and work with them and regain his trust. And then, you know, he can't, you can't take it past that limit. Now, mind you, that that was years ago because that is certainly not the way to train. Right. Okay. So I didn't know if frying a horse was the same as like being called a shutdown horse or. Yeah, kind of because, you know, what happens, uh, especially with mules and we can get into it, but it basically what ends up happening is the mules, their free stress response is basically stuck on. Okay. Now, what, what do you mean by that? So it's, it's basically, it's a learned helplessness. So oh, okay. The, the, Go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when, when that occurs in the training process, the, the mule stops learning and engaging with this and starts trying to protect itself. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So there's there's an art form to this. I mean, there's a, a great amount of feel in your work to be able to... Yeah. Yes, very much. Um, I mean, a mule can and will shut down mentally and emotionally while still doing what you're asking. Um, okay. You know, and as I said, you know, over the last few years, it's just kind of stood back and taken a different approach on, on the training of them. And that's, 
you know, what I've been saying all along is looking at that stuff from their perspective more, not so much from our own. Because when they, when they shut down it, it becomes a coping mechanism for not knowing what is expected of them and being scared of the consequences of doing the wrong thing. So what is thought of as the mule being calm and relaxed and, you know, they're standing still, not, you know, doing anything, that can actually be them choosing to do nothing to avoid the consequences of the wrong behavior. But as I said, when, that's, when that starts to occur in training, that mule stops learning, he stops engaging with us, and he starts trying to protect himself. And you see that because people and their mules and they're constantly having to apply more and more pressure to the mule to get it to respond. And they're getting a lot of refusals from the mule when they ask it to do something. And when that happens, you know, you aren't asking the right question. The mule doesn't understand what you're asking. Rather than learning how to process those training cues, you know, with common relaxation on the mule's part, you know, they, they tend to get tight and tense and they're a bit on the brink of being tripped over into a fear state, if that makes sense. So that stillness that, that they show is, is kind of the result of being tight and tense, not knowing what to do. And it's often mistaken for a calm, quiet mule. And that mule hits its threshold for what it can mentally deal with and all of a sudden overreacts. You know, and, and then the owner is just kind of standing there on their butt going, where did that come from? You know, so, and it's a lot of stuff that gets missed, um, you know, through through the process so with, with every interaction that we have with these mules. They're trying to communicate with us on whether or not, you know, what we're doing is is comfortable to them or that they even understand it. And that's why, you know, when, when I train a mule, I try to encourage a mule to tell me he has a problem before he has a bigger problem. And that's where, you know, I've always said the ability to read your animal is the best training tool you possess because they will give you those subtle hints. When those th- when those things keep getting missed and the and the mule is, is forced through things, that's when we start getting in trouble. It's just a matter of time shortly after. Okay, now let's talk about their eyes. You know, when you, you can see a mule that's relaxed when he's very soft in the eye and not dull, but soft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing I, I tell people to watch for when, when they're doing something with that mule is, is, you know, read that mule. And the eyes is a big thing. I mean, we all know when they're wide open and you can see the whites, <laughs> you know, you have a problem. But when they start coming back down into that relaxed state, they'll start blinking a lot. And that's your first indicator that they're starting to come back down. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so they start blinking. And then, you know, like you said, in the jaw, I mean, if you pay attention to one that's got a lot of tension in it, their jaw's going to be really tight, you know. And so you start looking for the eyes blinking. You start looking for that head to lower a little bit, the jaw to loosen up, you know, a little relaxation coming down through the neck. So that's all the stuff that you got to look for. I got this mule a few years ago, and uh, she's a paint. So her eyes, you know, they, they always seem like, because I could see the whites in her eyes, you know. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, and so that made me a little nervous because I couldn't figure it out. And it took me a while before I could tell when she's relaxed uh, because of her eyes, um, right. you know. But anyway, so. Yeah, and, you know, when we're pushing, you know, through the training process and we're not giving them time to come back down to process, to relax, you know, all that stuff, Um you know, they, they get into this into this spot. You can, if you pay attention to, to some mules, you know what that looks like on some of them. It looks like they're half asleep and they're just 
you know, like I said, stuck in their own head. And the more stressed that they become and feeling, the sleepier they appear. And I'm not saying, and don't misunderstand me, that saying that every sleepy looking mule is shut down mule. That is not the case. Um, so it's just one of the ways that it presents itself. You know, there's there's other indicators like no eye contact, looking away, waiting, staring off into the distance, you know, hard lines around the mouth, which is what we talked about. And they're, they're stiff in their whole body. And that's just a few things that they show. And we have to recognize that stuff. Okay. Now, what about these products that they sell as calming agents for horses and mules? Like uh, you got Quiet Tax, you got Viacom calming some come in a gel a paste some just you add to their feed do you have any knowledge about that i mean and what what is your you know, viewpoint I, I i personally have never used that product i and i don't i don't have experience with it okay um, i know i know people who have used it and swear by it and i know people who have used it and have not had any luck with it so i don't know I mean, I think for me, if I were to use something like that, I, I would want to tend to be on the more, you know, all natural type of thing. Sure. Versus something versus something chemically. Right, um, right. You know, but I like that. I don't I don't know that much about those products. So. Okay. I agree with you. I think more herbal than rather than chemical stuff because, and it could be too though, Nate, if they're not getting the right nutrients or the right amount of vitamins, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not saying to build up their protein and feed them like a horse, but, but if they truly are not getting nutrition wise, what their body really needs, then they don't feel so great. And they kind of come unglued, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like us, it's not any different, you know, if we don't take care of ourselves and eat the right foods, you know, that that throws all kinds of things out of whack. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think these mules are any different. You know, they have to have the right nutrition, the right, you know, vitamins, minerals, all that good stuff. It's all, it's all part of being a good mule person, you know, sure. and, and part of the responsibility of owning them. Now, let's talk about the shutdown mule that's, he's been that way for a while and... So, and then a new owner comes along. And so how does this new person deal with it? I mean, what do you suggest? Time, time and patience. I mean, it's just like anything else in training. You know, you got, you have to be able to understand what the signs are. And when you understand the signs and, and you can read it, you know, that just, that gets you there that much faster. When you can, you know, read that mule, you know, it gives you the idea and it teaches you, you know, how much pressure your mule can deal with before they're not dealing anymore, you know, and, and what behavior they show when they're not coping, how they're communicating to back it off. And, you know, you're learning what that looks like, no matter how subtle the signs are and equally important, you know, you have to learn, you know, what, what you need to do to help them. I mean, is it, you know, is it backing off, you know, and, and giving that, that mule, you know, a couple of minutes to breathe and relax. It could be something just as simple as that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, we get we get a mule in that, you know, it'll do one or two things sometimes. You know, I'm sure you've seen it where you walk up to the mule and it turns its head away or it turns its head into you and blocks you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that right there. A lot of people ignore that that type of sign, you know, mm. and that's that mule's telling you right there as an example. Hey, I'm not cool with what you're about to do. Yeah. So at that point, you know, back off a couple of steps, not going to hurt anything. You, you know, go. you back off a couple of steps, you give them a minute to relax and, you know, 
do yeah. it again. There and go. it's those little things that keep getting ignored and ignored and ignored that makes those mules, you know, kind of shut down like that. Are there varying degrees of the shutdown mule? There is. Okay. There's, there's, like I said, there's, there's a couple of ways that they'll, they'll behave. You know, the first way, as I said, the mule is really in his own head. He's very, very robotic in his actions. He seems to kind of have lost the life in his eyes and his movements. Okay. You know, and it, and, and it's just like, you know, it, it's he just goes through the paces. You know, he's just very, very, very dull. The second type is on the complete opposite of that spectrum. It's where they're just so full of tension and anxiety that the slightest thing sets them off. Either one of those two are an absolute danger to be around and beyond. Because I think for me, the first type is a lot more dangerous than the second type. The second type, you know what you got and it's presenting itself. <laughs> the first type, you don't know when that tipping point's going to be. Wow. How long would it take to turn around a shutdown mule and and can you i mean can you really turn him around back to a very serviceable animal that really enjoys doing what he's doing yeah yeah you really can as far as timeline it's a crapshoot i mean it, it's it's all on that mule's time you know how you know what what degree is he set down what you know i mean what spectrum is he on is he you know just full of tension and blowing up at everything or you know is he on the other end where he's just has no life in him so those two play a big big factor in 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 time you know and you know the other thing that plays in the part of that is is you your relationship and how much trust you can build with that mule you know and what you're trying to do is have that mule become less sensitive and more willing to your asks, you know, but you're kind of showing them that, you know, hey, I'm listening to you and, you know, kind of in a sense respecting their boundaries a little bit, you know, and when you start doing that, you know, they'll, they'll allow you to ask more of them, you know, and it's just the way I kind of see it. It's the difference between being a writer and being a, a, a real person. You know, I mean, writing is the easy part. Anybody can get on and do that. But, you know, to be a real new person, it's a completely different practice. It's a different set of awarenesses and skills that really allow that whole relationship with the mule to develop, regardless of whether there's a competitive focus or not, you know. So it, it, it takes a little time, but it, it's definitely doable. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. So I imagine there have been many shutdown mules that made it to the kill pen, and yep. and then um, that's a shame. Yeah, I just think that you know staying on the current path of how we're training these mules by it only being result driven and only about our wishes being performed through these mules. I think it gets us to a certain point. I mean, we can get so far in it, and then, yes, it can be good, but it's not going to be amazing until we try to look at it and understand it from that perspective. They'll respond, and they know if we have their best interest at heart or not, and they know what we bring to the table. They know if what we are showing on the outside doesn't match what's on the inside. And I think if we start listening more and really observing what these mules are feeding back to us, I think there's so much more to learn from them and so much more they'd be willing to do for us. And I think... You know, if we slowed it down a little bit, took that little bit of extra time, I think you'd probably see a lot less of those animals heading on that truck. 
Wow, very well said. So what do you see in the future for the mule? We've got this new year, and uh, do you have any predictions on the mule's future? You know, the the mule industry as a whole right now, I think, is fairly young, you know, and you see more and more and more people who are, you know, they're, they're wanting to get into mules and see what they're all about and, and, and all of that stuff. And I think it's really great. You have a lot of, of people who are, you know, getting into the breeding of it, and which is great because you're seeing a lot of great mares out there and a lot of great jacks and people are paying, you know, a lot more attention to, to, to the quality of the animals that, that they're putting on the ground, which is, which is great, which is so nice. You know, moving in, in into the future, I see, see the mules a bigger player in, in some of these shows that are out there because you're starting to see a lot more mules that, that are uh, pretty versatile in, in what they're doing. You know, you have a lot more mules getting into the jumping and the English and, and Western pleasure and, and things like that. So you're, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more mules get into that. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more people, you know, from from the horse industry coming over to the to the mule side, you know, for the trails and and just because they're so cool, you know. So um, I, I think it, it's going to get you know even bigger, which which is good. Yeah. Well, Nate, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah, either Facebook is always good, or they can call me six two three. Thanks again for coming on. It is always a pleasure, and I appreciate it. The spirit of the Wild West lives on in my latest book, Desperados of the Wagons West Expedition. I rode with descendants of notorious outlaws, mule skinners, horse thieves, brothel workers, and Texas rangers that gathered at the Embar Ranch in Reserve, New Mexico. And so I documented their story. This is a modern-day dime store novel published by Every Cowgirl's Dream. It's captivating and exciting to read. It's available at everycowgirlsdream.com, Amazon Books, and other participating outlets. Giddy up and get your copy today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. 